I wanted to, uh, to, of course, address you today because it's Palm Sunday. And uh, I'll tell you this, if um, right now these guys are doing such a great job with putting the production on. Um, even though you're not here, let me just tell you, I'm up there and I, I'm actually the one changing the words. So if the words get messed up, you can blame Pastor Brian. We're trying to eliminate as many people as being here as possible. And I'm up there just tears in my eyes because worship is so amazing. The presence of God is here. Hopefully you feel the presence right where you are. But you know what? Right now, if you feel like Matt Dovey and Ryan McRae and our worship team are doing a great job with putting this together, give us some likes. Hit that heart button. Hit that like button. Let them see because, man, they are amazing, and I appreciate all that they do. Y'all are getting a lot of likes, just so you know. I, you know, for me, listen, I, Pastor Vic and I, we were pretty amazed as we were watching Victor on Wednesday because he was getting you guys engaged, and we're like, man, we just got to learn. We're just out of that age group, but you know what? I love it when you guys hit the like button. So today, we have actually, um, we have some giveaways. But here's the thing. To get that giveaway, last week, you had to post a selfie. This week, to enter into the drawing, all you have to do is, if you're on Facebook, hit that share button down there at the bottom. Just hit that share button, and uh, and let's get this worldwide. You know, it was prophesied not long ago. Someone came and sat down with me and said, Pastor, I don't know how to tell you this, but at some point, your messages and your church will be worldwide on the web, and there will be people that will be healed because they are watching you online, in their living room, on their phones, on their tablets, on their computers. And you know what? I want you to believe for that today. I want you to believe that even though you're not in this place, I can't put oil on my finger and anoint your head. I want you to know that his word and his promises are powerful enough to heal you right where you are. As a matter of fact, that's one of the things that we're talking about today. It's Palm Sunday. It's the hope that we have that Christ is going to die for us in Jerusalem. He will go to the 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 he will go to Golgotha and he will be crucified, dead and buried. For your sins and for mine. One of the things that I've learned, this isn't for those of you that are watching on live stream. If you're watching on live stream, we love you. If you're watching on YouTube, we love you. But, but here's what I want you to know. Live stream, we are able to see the amount of time that people watch one service. And that's right around the 25 to 30 minute mark when people are watching via live stream. When people are watching via Facebook, the average watch time is five minutes. So I want to tell you, and I want to ask you to hang on if you're watching on Facebook. Don't click off. Don't get your attention deficit order and you see something else. Hang on and look at social media after the service. And because it's five minutes, every five minutes, I'm going to look at the camera and I'm going to say this. Jesus is the answer. God is always in control, and Jesus will always be the answer. You need an answer. Jesus is that answer. Fall in love with him. On Palm Sunday, Jesus rode on, a, on the foal of a donkey into Jerusalem to begin the process of fulfilling the hope of our salvation. His death on the cross, his burial, and his resurrection, and in, in so doing, he fulfilled the hope of man, the hope of of salvation and restoration in a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Today you'll notice that the title of the message is A Longing Fulfilled. Now you say, what does that have to do? A Longing Fulfilled. 
I, I want you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. And this is what it says. You guys know that I am a, a fan of Proverbs, probably one of my favorite chapters in the Word of God. And uh, I want to I wanna read something to you. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. When you're hoping for, some, for something and you don't get it, it literally makes your heart sick. But listen, it, it doesn't end with the bad. It ends with the good. But when the desire comes or when the longing is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. A tree of life. Right now, a lot of people feel as though that hope is deferred. I think we can all say that. I think we can all see that, man, hope is deferred. Listen, we're hoping for life to get back to normal, hope deferred. Some are hoping that their job will be there when this blows over, hope deferred. Some are hoping that their family will not be infected by this virus, hope deferred. Some are hoping for the healing of someone that they know. They're praying for their healing because they've tested positive for the virus. Hope deferred. Some are hoping that their retirement that's disappeared will bounce back. Hope deferred. And here's the thing. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. You see, some today aren't dealing with a sick body. But some of you through this are dealing with a sick heart due to the hope that has not been fulfilled, a longing that has not been fulfilled. Today there is healing for your sick heart. You just need to have the right perspective. There's healing for the heart that's sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but Pastor Brian, I'm not seeing God answer my prayers. I'm not seeing God fulfill my longing. Hold on. Because I want you to see and I want you to have the right perspective. And I want you to know today that sometimes our prayers go unanswered. Our hope and our longing, we feel like it doesn't get fulfilled. And I want to help you with this. I'm going to be honest with you right now and I want you to pray with me. We had somebody that that comes to the church. She bakes cookies every every month, once a month to bring to our visitors. And I'm not going to say her name. And she hasn't been as faithful as as she would like to be, I'm sure, but her husband has been ill. I visited her husband several times, maybe a, a couple of years ago when he was going through something. But at the big, just about a week ago, I got a text saying, please pray for so-and-so. If you could call him, that would be great. And I gave him a call, and he never answered the phone, but I prayed for him over the phone, gave him the plan of salvation. And throughout the week, it seems like his health had been failing, and some of it they think and they believe was due to the coronavirus to COVID-19, however you want to refer to it. Yesterday morning, she said they, they had to put him on a BPAP machine, which is somewhat of a, it's, it's right before the next step, which is a, a ventilator. And then I, I got a text last night saying her husband had passed away. She hadn't been able to see him. If you're watching right now, you know that I'm praying for you, and I prayed for her yesterday. We're praying for Miss Miss Debbie Peralta, because her heart is sick right now, and I want you to know that we love you and that we feel your pain. And the Word of God tells us to rejoice when those with us rejoice, and to weep when those with us we weep. We weep with you today. 
and things start hitting home. And you start wondering, I don't, I don't understand, Pastor Brian, why wasn't the longing of her heart fulfilled? She longed for her husband to be healed. Maybe you're believing for something and right now your heart is sick. I want to share something with you that I found. And you're going to see that I'm going to be reading quite a bit of this today. I subscribe to David Wilkerson's son's email, Gary Wilkerson. And he put out an incredible devotion this week, and I just want to read it to you. And I've asked Ryan to put up some scripture. When I get to that scripture, it's in some different versions, but he'll put that scripture up there for you. It says, often we turn to God for healing, a miracle, or divine protection. And right now, that's exactly what we're doing. But listen to this. But when God says no, how do we make sense of that answer? Recently, I talked to a friend who had a faithful pastor for more than two decades, who, who had been a pastor for, for two decades. Craig Rochelle said, and this is, they're quoting Craig Rochelle. He wrote in his book, Hope in the Dark. After raising four kids with his wife of almost 30 years, he came home one day to the shock of his life. His wife had decided she didn't want to be married anymore. An old high school flame had contacted her on Facebook. One thing led to another, and he had rekindled her relationship with the man. She had rekindled her relationship with the man, in quotes, God had intended for her to marry in the first place. After she left, after she left my friend, the elders at the church started talking. They agreed that in the wake of the scandal like that, he wasn't fit to lead the church. He could resign or be terminated. It was his choice. This poor battered man sat in my office recounting his losses, and we cried together. He said this, I know God doesn't owe me anything, but now I have nothing. Sometimes when we look at our at our retirement count just being demolished by the Dow Jones taking a dive, and we think, I know that God doesn't owe us anything, but now we have nothing. Often when we want to often when we want God to do something, the solution wouldn't require much of him. We pray to God and we would hope for a quick nod, a spoken word, an answered prayer. In the grand scheme of things, just a small miracle. If only he would allow me to be rewarded for all my hard work. Or just heal my sick child. Or help my loved one overcome depression. Or break my sexual addiction. Or bring my prodigal child back home. So often these pains are bewildering and unexpected. And so often we beg God for an answer. We beg him to fulfill our longing so that our hope will no longer be deferred. And so often we beg God for an answer and he gives us so he, he doesn't give us the answer that we want. And there's reasons for that and I want to explain that to you today in the next 18 minutes. When God has other plans, sometimes God doesn't answer our prayer because God has other plans for us. And we all know in our heart, we all believe that God's plans are greater than our plans and we're willing to submit to his plans. Are you willing to submit to his plans when they're opposite of yours? In a podcast about the coronavirus and fear, Gary Wilkerson pointed out to the peculiar wording of Hebrews 12, chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 25 through 28, you'll find this, all creation will be shaken 
and removed so that only the unshakable things will remain. God's plan and not ours. We are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. I love that phrase there. We are receiving a kingdom. It's not past tense. I see in seasons like this that God has a purpose in shaking things, Gary said. You know, some people attribute to all to the devil. The devil is sending this situation. The devil sent this virus. The, the devil sent that thing. And certainly the devil is involved in all wickedness and evil. But here is the con. In this context, we're seeing God shaking things for a purpose or allowing things to be shaken up. Accepting God's unknown purposes is easy when life is going good and much, much harder when, when our world feels like a snow globe that's getting tossed around. The entire world as we know it is being shaken. And it's hard to trust God in those moments that he has a plan, he has an answer. God invites us when he says there's a certain irony in the fact that hardship is often where God invites us into his presence. Case in point, a lot of godly people in the Bible went through extremely hard times. Listen, it's easy for us to read about their lives with the benefit of already knowing how things turned out, but they weren't so lucky. Listen, Joseph went through grueling years of slavery, injustice, incarceration before he finally ended up at Pharaoh's side. It would probably be safe to say that he had a lot of questions that went unanswered for a very long time as his world turned upside down over and over again. Even when he came to power, it was because seven years of brutal famine and disaster were looming in everyone's future. Joseph couldn't have known that, it's, that this famine was going to drive his family back into his life. He must have spent more than a few lonely nights wondering if he had planned sufficiently to save his new wife and little children and all the other people depending on him. The vast majority of Joseph's life was him grappling with a combination of terrible personal betrayals and sweeping natural disasters. He must have wondered at least once or twice what God was doing. Do you ever realize that? Do you ever wonder that? God's timing. I mean, what are you doing right now? I know that Pastor Vic is going to be talking about how we use this time to benefit our relationship with the Lord and to grow closer to our, our children. But listen, there are some seniors right now that are missing graduation, senior proms, senior retreats, senior trips. They're missing these things because of this. There are people right now that are missing opportunities. Some of you might have just been on the verge of getting a bonus or a promotion, and you're sitting back and you're wondering why. Why now? It's hard to see God's purposes. It's hard to believe that he's going to fulfill a longing when we're seeing these things happen. There are people literally losing love loved ones right now, and, and their hope is deferred, and their heart is sick. Today, I want you to know that your heart and your hope will be deferred at times, and your heart will be, will be sick, but I also want you to know that God has fulfilled every longing of man as we know it. 
He has fulfilled every longing as he rode into Jerusalem on the foal of a donkey and the same people who would one day, a week later, call for his crucifixion were worshiping him as the son of God because he had just got finished raising Lazarus from the dead. They worshipped him. They praised him. They threw coats and palm leaves on the road, which was what they did for royalty. And they and they called him the king of kings, and he was coming in for, for only one week later to do what needed to be done for your salvation and mine. Jesus, the one who rode on the foal of a donkey, he's the answer. He's the one that will fulfill the only longing that can't be fulfilled with anything else. There is a longing that you have that only God can fulfill. And if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, I'm begging you to do so today. And in that moment, your heart will turn from sick to rejoicing because Jesus is the answer to your longing. I'm going to say that again. And if you believe it, then I want you to hit the heart button. Jesus is, he has fulfilled every longing. But that's not true, Pastor Brian. There are times that God doesn't answer my prayers, and you, like Joseph, may yell out, God, why aren't you protecting me? Is this punishment for something that I don't know about? Instead, though, Joseph, just like you and I, Trusted that God is good no matter how circumstances around him might have said otherwise. That trust built him into the man who, who could eventually say to his brothers, as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. That's found in Genesis the next thing that we have to understand, sometimes our longings aren't fulfilled and our hope, it, it might be deferred in our minds because our attention is misdirected. Listen to this, and this is really good. Sometimes God's answer to our prayers not only doesn't keep us out of life's storms, but sometimes it sends us right into the middle of the 50-foot waves because he has better plans for us than we do, as much as we might disagree in that moment. Other times, he doesn't give us the answer or miracle that we're pleading for. Maybe it's because our focus is on the wrong thing. In a sermon to a men's prison in Africa, John Piper preached on Jesus' miracle of feeding the 5,000. He said they saw this miracle and they fixated on the product of the miracle, not the person of the miracle. You see, they, they focused on the bread. They focused on the fish. They focused on the loaves and the fish, but they failed to focus on Jesus. They wanted the miracle, but they weren't necessarily wanting the one who performed the miracle. The crowd find Jesus the next They found Jesus the next day. And this is what he says to them in John chapter 6, verse 26. Jesus answered them and he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. He's angry. 
Can you imagine Jesus being angry that someone is seeking him? Why would he get upset if you sought him? It's because they were seeking him as useful. Listen to this. Useful for the bread. Useful for the money. Useful for the health. Useful for the prosperity. He's useful, he's useful to my stuff, therefore I seek Christ. Christ doesn't want you to seek him because he's useful for answering your prayers. He's not a genie in a lamp that we rub the lamp and Jesus appears and grants us a wish. His desire is that we would seek him. He's not just useful to our health, useful for our protection. Use, useful for our provision. Sometimes God doesn't grant us miraculous healing or divine intervention because we want the answer more than his presence. I don't want to belittle the pain that those who have gone through terrible life circumstances, even those that are right now going through very terrible life circumstances, we're not going to minimalize that pain. And some of you have questions of God. God wants us to engage with him. He's proven in the Bible that he's willing to dialogue with those who come to him honestly and humbly with their confusion and hurt. The problem arises when we become angry and either we, we withdraw because of hope deferred or try to lash out at God because he hasn't heard our prayers the way that we would like. Honestly, this mentality is a bit like getting, getting married so that you can have someone cook your meals or fix your car for free. How heartbreaking would it be to discover that a fringe benefit was why your spouse went through with the wedding in the first place? You're a nice perk and all, but my real incentive was, and you can fill in that blank. God jealously desires our affections. If something threatens to steal our hearts away from him, even good things like a miracle or protection, he won't dishonor his relationship with us by granting that request. Now, that just sounds ridiculous, Pastor Brian. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Jesus died on that tree so that we could have life. Every longing that we have, I know, Pastor Brian, I have that longing. Pastor Brian, I know that longing. Well, let me just tell you, it puts things into perspective when we realize that Jesus fulfilled every longing. Well, he didn't fulfill it if I'm still sick. He didn't fulfill it if I'm still in pain. He didn't fulfill it if I might lose my house, my car, my job. Listen, when we trust wholeheartedly in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can know this, that he has fulfilled every longing and that he's going to provide for us, lead us, guide us, and direct us. And we also have to remember that we are not living for earthly rewards, but eternal rewards. Sometimes, listen, we're, our, our hope is not deferred when there's a thorn in our side. Probably the most famous denied prayer request in Paul's letters is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should be, that it should leave me. But he said this to me, 
My grace is sufficient for you, Paul, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I don't know about you, but I think freedom from harassment by a messenger of Satan doesn't sound like a very bad prayer. It doesn't sound like a prayer that God should avoid answering. But God's answer persisted. Three times he prayed that. His answer was the same. Paul would never have freedom from this thorn in the flesh, at least not in this life. A great man of God once once pointed out, Jesus came into the world to bless us in some measure now, but mainly he's trying to forgive our sins, clothe, clothe us with righteousness, make himself our treasure, seal our eternity forever, and then put us to work in the world. I'm going to read that again. Jesus came into this world to bless us in some measure now. But mainly in the midst of this virus, in the midst of a pandemic, he's still trying to forgive our sins, clothe us with righteousness, make himself our treasure. He wants to be your treasure, not protection. He wants to be your treasure, not your healing. He wants to be your treasure, not your provisions. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all of our longing. Our lives are intended to be for the glory of God and the benefit of others. And that may mean that God occasionally answers our requests for good things with a compassionate no. That means that at times he looks at us and we may pray something specific and he gives us an answer and that answer very well could be no. He is enticing us into a greater and wilder adventure. He's inviting us to show up for more than just the miracles. He's holding out his hand as we gaze over the edge of the boat at the dark and stormy sea and says, take heart and do not be afraid. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life, and that tree of life, the true fulfillment, is there regardless of what you see around you, of what you feel. Of the answers that have been answered, the prayers that have been answered, and the prayers that have not. If you remember John, when he saw Jesus coming, he told his disciples, Behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. Only Jesus can do that. You see, we don't have a virus problem. We don't have a financial problem. We don't have a pandemic problem. We don't have a media or political problem. Jesus didn't come to fix those problems. Jesus came to fix one problem, and that one problem being fixed is the longing that is realized, and that is a sin problem. Jesus came to forgive us of our sins. Our sins separated us from God. God made things perfect in the garden, but we messed that up through our own disobedience. 
I've heard people say, I can't wait to get to heaven because as soon as I see Adam, I'm going to punch him in the mouth for eating of the fruit. To be honest with you, if Adam didn't, somebody along the way would have. It's our nature. God created us with a, a will, a free will. And he wants us to choose. His desire is that you and I would choose life. And that life can only be obtained through Christ's death. And Christ's death, his burial, his resurrection, as we will celebrate next week, is the fulfilling of every longing. Steve, if you could come up and maybe your heart is sick today. Because of hope that is deferred. I want you to know right where you are. He's in the business of healing hearts. And the greatest healing that you could ever receive is a healing of a broken relationship between you and your heavenly father. We're not promised that while we're on the face of this planet that we won't experience death or sickness or sadness or sorrow. These things will be experienced because of fallen nature of man and because of sin. The good thing is that he has the answer. He's come to fulfill the longing of every man. There is a God-shaped hole in your heart and we try to fill it with so many things, relationships, even with relationships with our spouses, it'll never fill that longing. Try to fill it with financial things and maybe a, maybe a nicer house or a nicer car or maybe better clothes or just security. Maybe that will fulfill that longing that I have. Listen, you can have a bigger house, a nicer car, and more money in the bank. It will never fulfill the longing that you have in your heart for a right relationship with your heavenly father. We try to fill it with relationships. Listen, then we go down paths that we shouldn't go when we're trying to fill it with other things that might bring us pleasure. And it might be temporary pleasure, but the only thing that will fulfill that longing that's like a tree of life is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Pastor Brian, we've prayed that this would go away and the curve hasn't peaked yet, but we don't know that. We've prayed that no one would be impacted, that no more people would be impacted, yet the number of deaths are continuing to rise. Listen, I understand. And here's the thing, it's a mystery to me. When we pray and when we ask God for things and we don't get it, but I will tell you this personally, when I pray for things and God's answer is no, or when that hope is still deferred, my longing isn't in the fulfillment of a hope that I have materialistically or even relationally. My hope continues to be realized and my longing keeps getting fulfilled not through anything other than the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the relationship that I now have with it. It's what, it's what helps me get through everything in life. I'm that golden retriever to the Lord. I'm going to be loyal to Him. A faithful companion. One that is enamored with Jesus Christ. 
enamored with his presence in my life. Why? Because he's the only one that can fulfill the longings that I have in my heart. He is my tree of life. And though thousands around me may fall, I will stand because of his salvation and what he's done. If you're missing that uh, confidence, if you're if you're awake at night because of anxiety and fear, if you're fearful because you see it in your own family, because a family member has tested positive because of, uh, because of the loss of a loved one or a friend or a co-worker, because you're quarantined and maybe you're by yourself and it's driving you nuts. Let me just tell you, as I said last week, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is always there, will always be there. And even though your hope is deferred, your heart may be sick, him fulfilling every longing is the tree of life and it's the cure to your sick heart. It's a simple prayer. It's a changing of your perspective to say, Lord God, I know what the news says. I know what the numbers say. But I will trust in you. And you will be the fulfilling of every longing that I have. That's what he does. That's who he is. He fulfills our every longing. He brings joy and peace and offers hope. Paul says that we glory in tribulation. I would imagine that you would think that this is tribulation. We glory in our tribulation because Jesus is our Savior. And because tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance produces patience. Patience produces character. Character offers us hope, and hope will never disappoint. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, not when your hope is in Jesus Christ. He'll never make your heart sick. He is the healer of sick hearts. And he will fulfill your longings today if you would just surrender your life to him. Father, I'm praying right now. I'm praying that you would touch hearts. There are those that are saying that. They're listening to this and they're still wondering why their heart is broken. Lord, help us not to confuse grief. Help us not to confuse grief with, with the Lord, you teach us to grieve. Lord God, you, you've, you've made us to grieve. And of course we grieve when our loved ones are hurting or when our loved ones are sick. We, we grieve, Lord God, when we lose someone. But Lord God, let us not confuse that grief with all loss of all hope. I'm praying, Lord God, that, our, that the hope that's deferred in us would be fulfilled through the longing that we have for a Savior. Maybe there's someone right now who feels that longing, that Lord knows that if something were to happen to them today, that if they were to die, that Lord God, they don't know if they would go to heaven or if they would go to hell. They believe in you and they believe that there's a heaven. They believe that there's a hell. And Lord, they want to spend eternity in heaven. Well, today, your word tells us that if they confess you with their mouth, that you are their Lord. And if they believe in their heart that they, you have been raised from the dead, that they'll be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell and eternal punishment. And Lord, you said to Nicodemus that whosoever would believe in you would not perish but have everlasting life. We know that that is spiritual because, Lord, we see people dying every day. But, Lord, spiritually, we will live on forever. So my prayer, Lord God, today 
is that there is someone who is heart sick right now today. If your heart is sick and you're a Christian and you love Jesus, I want you to put your hand on your heart. You take your right hand, place it on your the left part of your chest. Your heart is underneath there. Now, of course, we know that the heart is your innermost parts of your, your thoughts, but you place it on your heart. Right now, Lord God, everyone who is heart sick, my prayer is that their longing would be fulfilled and not in the answer of the prayers that they are praying, but simply, Lord God, through the prayer that was answered 2,000 years ago, that there would be a perfect lamb, a perfect sacrifice who would pay the penalty of our sins so that we wouldn't have to pay that penalty and we would be forgiven and washed clean and made new in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm praying that you would strengthen them and let them know and experience the tree of life. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Two things. Today, if you feel as though God has given you hope, if you've been hopeless and God has given you hope today through this message, through his word, I want you to just put it in the comments or send us a message. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today and you can't stop crying uncontrollably right now because the presence of God is wherever you are watching this broadcast and I want you to message me so I can contact you, talk to you, pray with you, then enjoy that feeling because it's the greatest feeling in the world the moment that you know that you have been set free from the power of sin and now you walk in the newness of life. I'm so grateful. Let me encourage you with this. We're going to put this out. We've got Easter Sunday. Before we get to Easter, though, Pastor Vic has an incredible message on Wednesday night. And then I'm thinking since we can't come together and watch together the Jim Caviezel's movie, The Passion of the Christ. We're going to be doing something special on Good Friday. My family and I have decided to, uh, to take communion together as a family. And we're going to live stream it. And we want to, you to get together with your family. We want you to pull your family around. If you can find some unleavened bread, then find some unleavened bread. If you can't, then beat the leaven out of your bunny, the leaven out of your bunny bread, and get ready to, to, to have communion with your family. Have some juice, have it ready to go, and join us. We're gonna do it at 7 p.m. on Friday night. We're gonna get together. I'm gonna invite you into my home so that you can share communion with us. We can share communion with you. The, I'm asking that the head of the households be prepared to lay hands on their family, to pray a blessing over them and pray a blessing over their household. We're going to come together and, and do what they, they did. I, listen, I'm, I'm not a Messianic Jew and I can't do Passover. Passover is very long and none of you would stick with, you, with me. Some of you have already checked out of this service. But we're going to do that. We're going to put it on there and we want you to be a part of that. And we're going to share communion together that we're going to come together on Sunday. You can dress in your Easter Sunday best from here up, and nobody will know any different. Wear your pajama bottoms while you're in the car. Or just come as you are. Let's worship together. It's going to be a great day, a fun day. For those of you that can't drive here, we will still have an online stream via live stream, Facebook, and YouTube. So you can watch the craziness of what's happening out there in the parking lot. But it's going to be an, an 
awesome time and we're going to celebrate the resurrection of the one who fulfills our every longing. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm praying that God would protect you, would provide for you. But mostly today, my prayer is that he would fulfill your every longing and you would experience that tree of life. Thank you for joining us. We can't wait to see you again shortly. We'll be praying for you. Lord, just bless them now in Jesus.